Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. I want to teach on the subject. This is a one word subject. If. If. You know what it said that in the Bible there are 8,800 and ten promises. Not all of them are good and not all of them you want. Amen. But we want all the ones that are for us. Amen. Praise God. Many of those thousands of promises are conditional. And the word conditional means they're contingent on or upon. They're dependent or they're subject to. So that means these promises will not come to pass until we do something first. And that's why I'm talking about if. Amen. Many of these conditional promises begin with the word if. Amen. And and uh, I've called them and other people have called them if and then promises. And sometimes, you know, even though the word if is there and the word then is not there, it's still really an if and then because it says if you do this, I, I'm going to do this. And that the word then might not be there, but it's implied, strongly implied. Amen. If that promise is starts with if. Amen. The if is a prerequisite in order for the then to happen. Now, a prerequisite is a precondition, it's a necessity, and it's a requirement. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in school, especially in college, you had prerequisites, and you couldn't just jump to a certain class until you took this other class. Amen. So in other words, if you were going to take calculus, which is one of the highest classes on math, if you wanted to take calculus, the prerequisite first, you had to take geometry, you had to take algebra one and algebra two, and you had to take trigonometry. And then you could take calculus one, calculus two, and man, I'm telling you, calculus is crazy stuff. Praise God. I had it in college and I couldn't even do it. Amen. But the Bible said, here's a, here's a if and then where the then is implied, Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So in other words, if you forgive people that do you wrong, then God will forgive your sin against Him. Amen. If you do not forgive people, then God will not forgive you. And that's one reason why I say all the time to God, I say, Lord, I'm here asking for forgiveness. And if you notice, I'm doing my best to forgive everybody. I'm doing my best not to hold any grudges and not to do anything. I want to forgive them because I want the pipeline open and flowing for your forgiveness to come to me. And I don't want to hinder that. Amen. Another example, we talked about it when we were talking about mountains on Sunday, Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, you know, then you will say to this mountain, implied, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. So if you put whatever faith you have, because he said as a mustard seed, anybody seen a mustard seed lately? It's an itty bitty seed. And so what he's telling you is, amen, like the song says, you don't ha- need a whole lot. Just use whatever you got. Amen. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. 
That's what we need. Just put all your faith in God, whatever faith you have. If you do that, amen, in his ability to do the impossible, then you will be able to move those spiritual mountains in your life. Amen? Now, the most notable if and then, and this one has a then, promise in the Bible is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen. Now this off-quoted verse uh, is not just for anybody. Amen. It's for my people that are called by my name. It was specifically directed to God's people who are called by His name. This promise in, in the literal sense, in the contemporary sense of when it was given, was given to the Old Testament children of Israel. Amen. But it applies to us as the church, God's people in the New Testament. Amen. Because we are the spiritual children of Israel. We are the children of Abraham by faith. And so those promises that are given to Israel, natural Israel, are given to spiritual Israel, the church also. And we can hold on to this if and then promise. Acts chapter 15, 14. See, we are the people of his name, Simon. In other words, Simon Peter has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. Matthew 12, 21. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. And Gentiles are non-Jewish people. That's us. That's the church. We are his people called by his name because we had the name of Jesus called over us in water baptism. Praise God. And so we're the people of the name. Amen. And so this if and then promise, this most famous if and then promise has four conditions. It has four if statements, amen, or prerequisites to the promise. Amen. The first one I will call voluntary humility. Amen. Why am I calling it voluntary humility? Because there's involuntary humility. What's that? Involuntary humility is you don't want to humble yourself, but you get humbled by somebody or by God himself. He's going to humble Amen. You, when you don't want to humble yourself, praise God. You don't want involuntary humility. Let me tell you something right now. I don't want God to humble me. I want to humble myself first. Because let me tell you, because some say, oh, well, if I humble myself, you don't know that that's, that, that's, you know, that's humbling. Well, of course it is. Amen. If I humble myself, it just makes me look weak. It makes me look whatever. Let me tell you something. You better thank God and take personal in a voluntary humility over involuntary any day of the week because involuntary humility hurts. Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I'll take voluntary humility. Amen. First Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You will be exalted, but not don't do it yourself. Amen. Let God do the lifting up. Let God exalt you. Amen. In due time. Praise God. He will do it. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. So it's important. That's the number one thing because the second thing is prayer. 
Amen. He said, you're going to pray. Praise God. But you know what? If you're not humble, you're not going to pray as much as you should. Praise God. Because because proud people don't need God as much as humble people. Proud people can do it themselves. Proud people, they, they have all the answers already. Amen. So humility, amen, is a prerequisite to prayer. Amen. And then you come to God hum humbly and you pray. Amen. And prayer is and always will be the answer. Amen. It's maybe not the most glamorous thing of Christianity. Amen. But it's the greatest behind the scenes uh, thing that you can do. Amen. And it's one of the powerful things that will keep you where you need to be in God. And what this world needs right now are praying people that can bind every sinful, evil spirit and attitude and loose God's grace and mercy, peace and comfort, love and power on all people. Amen. Praise God. Because, you know, there's some things that you see happening in this world, you know, and it, it, it's, it's just maddening, and you feel, you feel like, what can I do? You can pray. Amen. And prayer goes a long way because some people you can't talk to the way it's going right now. Some people you can't talk to. It'll just even make it worse. But you get on your knees or you just find a place and you call that person's name out, and God will go to that person, and God will talk to them. Amen. Humble, humble yourself, voluntary humility and prayer. James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. When we have effective prayer and focused prayer and we're praying specifically, we're giving God names, we're giving God specific sicknesses and diseases we're giving God specific situations amen to, and 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 God will answer specifically when God when we pray specifically and so when we have effective prayer focused prayer specific prayer and fervent prayer coming from all of our heart not like now I lay me down to sleep <sighs> my soul to sleep to keep and oh yeah praise God yon yon no Get in there and do some crying. Get in there and raise your voice if you need to. Get in there and say, Lord Jesus, I need you to come out of the scene. Amen. Ask and seek and knock and say, God, I'm not going to let you alone until you do something. So effective, focused, and specific, fervent, heartfelt prayer from a righteous man. Amen. From a heart that's walking with God. Praise God. It avails much. It accomplishes much. And pray for anything and pray for everything. Amen. Small or big, prayer will keep you close to God and prayer will keep you going in the right direction. Amen. And then the third thing, uh, the if, is seeking his face. Not just his feet or his hands, but his face. See, when we first came to him, we were at his feet. We were repenting. Amen. We didn't know all about anything hardly, but we just knew we needed him. And we fell at his feet. We fell at the at the at the the, the base of Mount Calvary at the cross. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And then then we begin to seek his hands because his hands have the gifts. His hands have the answers. His hands have all the uh, all, all the providing and everything we need. Praise God. But we can't just be at his feet in his hands and have a real close relationship with him. We got to get up to his face and anybody's face you know is what's important you can't have a relationship with someone and only look at their feet 
and look at their hands and, hey, how come you don't look at me in the eye? Oh, because I don't really want to get that close to you, so, you know, back off. No, see, that doesn't work. But your, your, your face is where your eyes are. Your face is where your mouth is. Your face is where your ears are. I, you, you can hear something and you can say something and you can see something. And so it's, and it's metaphorical because a spirit doesn't have a face technically. Amen. I know Jesus, the man, has a face. Praise God. But the spirit of God fills heaven and earth. It's metaphorical. Amen. It means giving him, going and having more than just asking for things and more than just asking for forgiveness and asking for stuff and then that's all I'm going to pray about. No, it's going further and having a relationship with God seeking his face and talking to him and loving him and praising him. So I'm voluntary humility. Amen. I'm praying. I'm seeking his face and those two things are close related. Prayer and seeking his face and then turn Oh, that, and then before we get to turn the wicked ways, I'll read one more scripture here in seeking his face. First Chronicles 16, 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. And then the fourth thing, the if, the conditional statement, amen, for this promise. Turn from wicked ways. Wicked is sinful, ungodly, worldly ways. Amen. So voluntary humility will not only help us pray better and more, it will also help us repent of our sins. Because if we're not humble, we're not going to ask God for forgiveness. I, don't, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm okay. What's going on? No, I want to voluntary humility will cause me to pray, cause me to see the error of my ways when I compare myself to God's word. And then I'll repent of my sins and change my ways that go against God and his word. Slow, but sure, maybe sometimes in some people's lives. Amen. But that's the direction we need to go and get, a, get away from things that are against God's word. Amen. And if we do these things, God is going to do something for us. Amen. You see, if a person tries to pray without turning from their wicked ways, in other words, praying around sins or praying over sins without actually repenting of them and asking God to forgive you of them, amen, sweeping them under the rug instead of putting them under his blood, the Lord will not hear that person's prayers. Did you know that? And let me tell you something, amen, I know I need to pray more, but I don't want to, amen, the prayers that I do pray, I don't want them to be in vain because I have unrepented sin and then I'm wasting my time, God's not hearing me, amen, I can't pray over that, I got to ask God to forgive me, get that voluntary humility going, get that, amen, that, uh, that humble heart to, to repent and say, God, forgive me, and then I can pray, and then he'll hear me. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Whew, that's powerful. I want him to hear me. John 9, 31, it said, we know that God does not hear sinners. If he doesn't hear them, he definitely is not going to answer them. You say, well, wait a minute. If God doesn't hear sinners, how in the world is anybody going to get saved? If he doesn't even hear a sinner's prayer. Oh, he does. He hears the prayer of the voluntary humility. He hears the prayer of repentance. He doesn't hear the prayer of, 
I don't have to stop doing that, but I still want the benefits of the, of the blessings of God, and I still want to have this and have my cake and eat it too. He doesn't, have, he doesn't hear that prayer. Amen. See, to turn is to repent. Repentance is a change of mind and heart and direction, and God will always listen to, and he will always receive the prayers of repentance from a humble heart. Amen. And repentance has always been and will always be the first step to God when somebody first comes to God and the first step back to God when somebody strays from their path in God. Amen. When, a, when the, the prodigal son, his, his first step, uh, his first prayer back was a prayer of repentance. The first step back, amen, was going back, amen, to, do, to make things right, praise God. And that's what has to happen for people. And when we fulfill those four conditions of this promise, God will do three wonderful things for his people who are called by his name. He will hear from heaven. Psalm 66, 19, but certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. He'll hear me. And that's important. It's important to be heard, especially by God. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Amen. That's awesome. The second thing, he will forgive our sins. And there's no greater feeling than when your sins are forgiven. Amen. It's a weight that's lifted off of you. I don't know about you, amen, but when I, when I repented and then I asked the preacher to baptize me in Jesus' name, when I came out of that water, yeah, I might have been soaking wet, amen, but I felt light as a feather. I felt a conscience clean. I felt a load of guilt and shame and sin that fell off of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he takes those sins off of us. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everybody say all and that's awesome. When we're cleansed of all unrighteousness, we take on his righteousness. Amen. And then he hears us in our prayers and we have confidence that, that he's going to answer. Praise God. It changes your whole outlook and your whole perspective. And then lastly, he will heal our land. Now, in the context of the verse that, that was in, in the Old Testament, he was literally talking about their land and their nation because of all wars and because of different things that went on. But when we apply this part of the promise to our circumstances today, we understand that he will heal our body. Amen. When I do these, he's going to heal my body. He's going to heal my heart 
and he's going to heal my mind. Amen. Because some people's minds are stressed out. Some people's minds are anxious. Some people's minds, amen, are all kind of like worried about all this stuff and everything. Amen. And they need a healing in their mind. Some people's hearts are broken. Some people's hearts are overwhelmed. Some people's hearts, amen, need some mending. Praise God. And he'll heal our heart and mind. He'll heal our body. And he'll heal our relationships. He'll heal whatever you need healing. Amen. God will heal our relationships. Praise God. And if you have a relationship with anybody that's, that's having some issues or whatever, pray about it. Pray about it. God will do it. Praise God. Amen. He wants to help in every, every situation. Psalm 103, 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Not some, but all. Amen. So keep praying. Keep believing. All your diseases. Psalm 147, 3, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Oh, what a God we have. Amen. It's only if, if we can do our part. God, help us to do our part on these if and then promises. Amen. When it comes to these types of promises, what I'm trying to say tonight, the ball is in our court. Amen. If you haven't done the if, that's why probably the then hasn't happened. If you've done the if and the then hasn't happened yet, you just hang in there. Amen. With faith and patience and you will receive the promises. Praise God. Sometimes it takes time. The next move is our move. What I'm, what I'm trying to say. The next move's our move. You know? Sometimes, you know, have you ever waited for somebody and then they're waiting for you and then you're waiting for them and they're waiting for you and then finally somebody texts or calls and says, hey, well, I've been waiting for you. Well, I was waiting for you. Well, I thought you were coming over here. Well, I thought you were coming over here. Somebody's got to communicate. It's like if anybody ever played chess, amen, chess, sometimes um, one move, you know, some people are so like looking over the board and everything and man, you can go, you know, out and eat and come back and they still haven't moved, amen, and then after a while, it's been so long, is it my move or is it your move, whose move is it, I don't know, amen, so you got to know who's, what's move, whose move it is, that's what it, when it comes to these promises, amen, it's not God's move, then it's going to be my move, and I got to do mine first, the if always comes before the then, the sowing always comes before the reaping, <laughs> hallelujah, amen, so don't wait for God to do the then if we haven't done the if. Because it's not going to happen. we got to do our part. And I'll close with this verse. Exodus 19.5 Another if and then promise. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine. Amen. Now, he was talking about, in a general sense, the whole nation. You'll be a special people, a special nation out of you. And another place, he said, you're not, gonna, you're not the biggest group of people on earth, but you're my special people. You're my 
treasure. Amen. There's millions and billions of others, but my eye is on you. My eye is on everybody because I want everyone to be saved, but my eye is on the apple of my eye, which is my people. In the Old Testament, it was the nation of Israel. Amen. In the New Testament, it's the church of the living God. Amen. We are his special treasure above all people, and all the earth is his. What does that mean? That means, hey, whatever you need, everything on the earth is his. The earth is the, is the Lord and the fullness thereof. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold, the silver belongs to him. Whatever you need, you just get a hold of God and he'll give it to you. Praise God. If you can do your part of the promises. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.